0: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey.
1: All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome. I hope everybody has uh, already listened to Morning Time because that's the most important thing that you have done, hopefully, this morning. But uh, on a, a big, big day of sports all over the, uh, the North America in the Bay Area particularly. I like that we have the Sharks at two o'clock and we can get this game going less than a full 24 hours since the start of their last game last night. They are going to be busy, but we have some word on some fresh legs that are going to be injected into the lineup either by choice or by demand. As right now, we take a look at the standings. We see the San Jose Sharks, 5th in the Pacific Division, 22-19-3, and 3, 47 points, 1 point back of Calgary, 4 points back of LA, 7 points back of Anaheim, and 8 points back of Vegas. If we took a look at that wild 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 card standing situation, we see the Sharks currently sit at third in the West. They are one point back of second place Calgary and eight points back of first place in the Wild Card Minnesota. So for the Sharks, again, that point last night, it was big. And I know that was a disappointing loss in the way that, you know, it was Florida coming back. But Florida is an excellent, excellent team. And I don't think the Sharks have anything to hang their heads about with regards to the way that game was played last night, even if it did end up as an overtime loss. You would have loved to. You walk away with one. That's just the way it goes sometimes. But I think that when we look at the grand scheme, the big picture, the Sharks played well last night. They did what I wanted to see from them other than the fact that You know, they did play more Florida's game with speed, but the Sharks, time and time again this year, they have shown they can hang with just about anybody. And I think that was definitely the case last night with Florida. And they're going to have to prove if that win they got over Carolina earlier this year was a fluke or if it was something that they can replicate once again. Now, the biggest challenge... They have going into this game. No, Mario Ferraro took that puck off the face last night, did not return to the game, and apparently had to spend a lot of the morning in the chair getting work done. Uh, Bob Bugner gave us an update earlier this morning.
0: I just saw him a couple minutes ago, uh, um, at breakfast. He's sore. Um, he had some work done, uh, this morning. I think he was in the chair for a couple hours this morning, and uh, um, so they've done some dental surgery to him and uh, won't be available tonight. I won't think he would play Tuesday, but uh, seeing as we got a break. But uh, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely sore.
1: And then the question was asked, with only two more games before we have an extended break, is this maybe a, a better time for a Ferraro type character be, to be dealing with an injury as opposed to any other
0: time of the year? You know, I think it's too early to tell, to be honest. is we're, we're, We all sort of, you know, he just got the procedure done this morning. Um, it's more than just teeth obviously there's some bone issues and things like that um, but uh, you know to see him walking around at team breakfast and, uh, and getting out of the chair and, and everything else I think is a real positive I think you know Mario is such a tough tough kid anyway I think he'll find a way to you know get a little rest here and be back uh, sooner than later but uh, yeah that was uh, it was definitely scary uh, um, seeing, seeing that last night.
1: Yeah, we all saw that happen to Logan Couture a couple years back. We remember how painful that was for him. You know, I don't know when Mario Ferraro is going to be back. I do think that he will be back on the other side of the break at that first game back. But that is my own rampant speculation. I'm not basing that off of anything. As you may have gathered, I am not an oral surgeon, uh, nor is this my area of expertise. But like Bugner alluded to, Mario Ferraro is such a tough guy, it would be Hard to imagine Mario Ferraro not doing everything in his power to get back out there on the ice as soon as possible. Meanwhile, this is yet another blow to your D pairings. No Mario Ferraro, no Eric Carlson, no Jacob Middleton. And while guys have stepped up admirably, it does mean more new pairings, more shifting, and more reconfiguring for Bob Bugner.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know the plan is to to skate uh, Jacob Middleton for the next couple of days, and there's an outside chance we'll see him Tuesday, I think. So tonight, uh, Merkley will go in. Um, for mario um we're going to make some changes up front as well and more than anything it's just uh, um you know decision coaching decision to get some fresh legs in there on a back-to-back situation so pd will go in for weatherby at center on the fourth line with uh veal will go in for Gadge, um and uh yeah those are the changes tonight just to to sort of bring some fresh legs into the lineup
1: the Sharks are definitely
0: going to need some fresh legs in this game against Carolina.
1: Now, Carolina is coming off a game yesterday themselves, so we do look at the Sharks as being in a similar situation to Carolina. But as we've noted, Carolina has much more talent across the board, established talent, and they are one of the best teams in the NHL this year. And you know, arguments can be made that they are you know better than Florida in certain areas. And you know, I I still view Tampa as the best team in the league right now, but. You know, it's you're going up against a lot of really tough teams right now if you're the San Jose Sharks, and Carolina presents a lot of the same problems in terms of that potent offense that you do have with Florida and Tampa. And, of course, the Sharks last night gave up a lot of
0: high-danger opportunities. This is what Bob Bugner had to say about that. There, there was, uh, you know, it felt like we were hanging on a little bit last night, and and we did in certain areas. I think, you know, some of it was self-inflicted. Um it was a lot in the third period, obviously with 5D, we had some guys playing some heavy, heavy minutes and, you know, and some players that uh, are playing against guys that, uh, um, you know, a little bit further up the lineup than they would be. Um, you know, they, they, they really, we saw a lot of Barkoff and Huberto last night in the third period and uh, they sort of took over the game and they've been doing that to a lot of teams this year. So, the good stat is on, on our analytics is that at, through two periods we only give up three inner slot chances because we blocked a lot of shots. Even when we had breakdowns and they had possession time, we did a good job of blocking. Uh, but as the game wore on, like I said, in the third period, uh, um, you know, we gave up uh, a lot more than we wanted. I think the number was probably about twenty-four chances, um, nine being inner slot. Um, so that's that's very high for us. But um, again, considering the circumstances and. You know, pulling a point out of that building would have been nice to pull two I think it's the first time we've uh, lost after leading after two all year um, you know and it's just a situation where we're sort of looked at it we addressed it this morning some of the things that we can do better um, you know some of the things we got away from and uh, I think we've got three out of four to start a, a very tough road trip with a you know a, a back-to-back situation here so we got to tighten up those details and uh, and play a real smart game here today.
1: And I do think that the smarter play is to not try and get into a run-and-gun track meet style game that we saw last night. I do not think that that played to the Sharks' favor in any way, shape, or form. Now, I understand that Florida is going to dictate the pace and the tempo a little bit, but the Sharks have to be willing to do the same. And they did play that up-tempo style. They did go back and forth and up and down the ice. They need to play that style that they played against Washington a little bit more. And listen, I love the hot start from the Sharks, but when you get a goal, you got to slow things down, I think. I I understand that there is the to lean on the throttle and really try and hammer it down. But I think also you've got to play a harder, heavier style of game against these teams that can score like this because what you're trying to do is slow down their offense. And trying to slow down Florida is not going to be aided by playing an end-to-end style of game. It actually plays to their strength. And even though the Sharks did jump out to a lead and they were able to hold them off for a while, eventually Florida was talented enough to get that pushback and that goal. And I I am not surprised by that, but I think the Sharks need to work on slowing things down today. I think they need to work on really just playing more of a mistake-free game. We saw it last night that some of the mistakes they made, giving it away in their own end, led to dangerous opportunities with the entire push that led to goals for Florida. So, you know, the Sharks have to remind themselves of that going into this game, that it's better to play a cleaner game than it is maybe to play a more aggressive game. And I think that for the Sharks that, yes, you're pleased with the point last night, but I think you can't play that style of game a second day in a row, especially not on the second day of a back-to-back against a team this good. And you got to be able to control the pace of things a little bit more. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a perfect world where the Sharks are able to dictate the pace and that this actually works, which, you know, it can be hit or miss against some of these high-end teams. But, you know, that's, that's just my focus is try and slow it down a little bit and try and control the game and take them out of their game easier said than done
0: one factor for the sharks today james reimer in net again bob
1: bugner says he's ready
0: yeah no rhymes is ready to go i know he had a busy night in the net last night and we gave up uh, um, more shots than usual against a, a good offensive team but uh, you know he knows that uh, a team needs him and he's ready to dig in
1: and of course beyond reimer guys are going to be tired after that game last night reimer his job is a little bit different but bob was asked if he's going to do
0: anything else to manage some minutes yeah, especially our back end. I think if you look at Vlasic, you look at Milosh and guys like that that played uh, uh, elevated minutes. I think that uh, even you know I had to go down almost two and a half lines for the last five minutes of the game. Uh, you know, with Cooch and Tommy and these guys, um, you, you know, it'd be hopefully it's a game tonight where it's fairly clean. We're not taking a lot of penalties. Um, you know, that's that that wears people down. And you know, and I think Rudy will be a, a little better off tonight than he was last night. I thought he struggled at times his first game back. Um, you know, but uh, we, we, we're finding ways to get some depth scoring right now, which we didn't have a couple of weeks ago. Which, which is the positive here. So, um, you know, it's just trying to manage. Yes, manage ice time and minutes, but more manage our game and and, and not play so much in our end and tighten up our neutral zone and and uh, you know more of the the style and the identity we had against Washington. I thought that uh, I was very impressed by Florida uh, on, on their offense and uh, you know and how they uh, how they attack. One of the other interesting
1: things that Bugner was asked this morning was that he previously talked about looking at things he could take away from Tampa because of what they were doing so well. And he was also asked about if he saw anything against or with Florida that he thought that he could try and poach and implement with the Sharks.
0: Well, I think the one big thing you notice is, is their deer are so active, uh, whether it's uh, jumping up on on fourth man's ice or, you know, in zone rolling around um i think that it made it a hard night on us now again i can go back and look at the tape i don't think we jumped to check and stopped their feet very well and and, and allowed them to get a lot of motion in our zone but uh, and and the other thing was of course and it's something we've been struggling with all year is our d zone giveaway rates so uh but i thought they were really uh, you know they attacked off their regroup three-quarter ice situations and they came at us with a lot of speed and and our d were gapped out and uh, um you could see i think the way they moved towards the puck off their cycle Um, You know, there's three guys um, that are in constant motion reading off each other on their little small area passes off their cycle game. I thought that they're real strong on that. I always like hearing the insights of Bob
1: Bugner on other teams and I hope that at some point this year I do get to sit down with him. For those of you on the audio network as well, not just me personally, but I would really like to talk to him more about offensive systems, overall looks he's seen from other teams, uh, because he's really good at explaining and talking about the things that he sees out there on the ice. I mean, shocker, it's probably why he is a successful head coach and has made it to the NHL as a head coach, Uh, but just his Analysis and his insights and opinions are very, very interesting uh, to see heading into uh, some of the more difficult games of the year, especially what he's learned after them, because I I think that's the most interesting thing about Bob Bugner and the Sharks team is that they view so much as a learning experience. It's like it's not just a bad loss and you move on from it. I mean, yeah, you got to have a quick memory or a bad memory, I should say, but you also have to be able to have takeaways and see what you did wrong and learn what the opposition did well and find ways that you can use that to make you a better team. It's not just about losing and moving on, it's about figuring out why you lost, what went so wrong. Sometimes it is dead legs, sometimes it is going to be a bad effort. That just that happens. You get beat some games, but other times you can look at it and say, "Okay, what did we do well? What did we not do well? What can we learn from this and apply it to games going forward?" And I think that that's why Bob brought up the fact earlier that he wanted to see more of that Washington style of gameplay that they had as opposed to what they did against Florida. Of course, that means you got to get great performances from your forwards today. VL and Lane are going to be back in the lineup. And this is what Bugner said he wanted to see from them.
0: I have some energy. I want them to, to you know, and I'm not, uh, I thought Weatherby's the line was uh, very okay for us last night. I think that, uh, um, you know, just sometimes in these back-to-back young guys, you want to see some energy. You want to see some momentum shifts and play in the other team's zone. And, and, you know, I'm being responsible, obviously, but uh, it'd be nice to see, uh, you know, have some contributions uh, um, and more than anything, uh, um, ozone possession time.
1: And also Bugner, when talking about the defense overall, talked about what he wanted to see to prevent
0: some of the high-danger opportunities that they did give up last night to Florida. I'd say jump in a check and, and ending plays down low. Uh, the other thing is our neutral zone is just identifying pushing them out of the middle of the ice. I thought last night too many times, whether it was Ekblad or or any other defenseman, they were attacking through the middle of our and uh, the middle of the neutral zone, which sort of gapped our D out. We have to, you know, sort of direct traffic a little better and get their D pushed out of the middle of the ice so we can we can start building that wall and and, and making better stands. As always, I think Bugner's right
1: about what he sees, what he wants, and what he needs from his team to do to get a win. But it's just a matter of whether or not that is actually going to happen. Looking around the NHL last night, the Ducks were 2-1 winners over the Senators. The Flyers knocked down the Kings 4-3 in OT. The Jets all over the Blues 4-1. Toronto slams Detroit 7-4. Uh, the Hurricanes, as we told you, they edged the Devils two to one. Edmonton seven two over Montreal. Vegas in overtime, or excuse me, in a shootout over the Lightning three two. Sabers three one winners over the Coyotes. The Flames blank the Canucks one nothing in overtime. And coming up today, another full slate: the Bruins and Stars, Blue Jackets at, at Montreal, the Wild visit the Islanders, the Avs play host to the Sabers. The Sharks are going into Carolina, of course, and there are two games ongoing right now, uh, the Rangers and the Kraken, the Pens and the Kings. If I tell you anything about that right now, it's just going to be out of date by the time you hear it, so I'll leave it alone and just let you know that they're playing. I think that if we rank in terms of importance what the Sharks need today, it's got to be a high-quality performance from James Reimer. Beyond that, I always go to the start. What sort of game are the Sharks going to have in those first 20 minutes? To me, that's critical to their success. If they can get up one nothing, but also not get into a track meet, I'm going to be very happy with that if they can get up 2 nothing, again, not in a track meet, but controlling and dictating the game, that's going to go a long, long way in terms of success on the day. Now, it's not going to be easy because, once again, they are going up against one of the best teams in the league in their own house. You know, anytime you do that, that's going to be a challenge. So for the Sharks, you have to do as much as you can to get your outcome and not... I don't mean to criticize yesterday because it was a very good and very entertaining game, but they played to Florida's strengths. And that's why Florida was eventually able to come back. The, the key, and this is not easy, it's, you know, Florida did this of their own volition and the Sharks were reacting and they did a great job in reacting and, can, and were in control of a lot of that game. But the Sharks have to have Carolina not be able to play their style of game. And I think you do that by slowing it down. By being harder and heavier, really being clean with the puck and not giving up any opportunity that isn't completely earned 100% by the Hurricanes. I mean, you, you give them anything unearned, they will probably punish you for it. They are an opportunistic team. You know, the Sharks right now, they are not opportunistic. They have to create and they have to fight and earn every single point they get just like it was a fight last night to get one. But again, you saw some of those mistakes come back to haunt them. And that once again has to be the idea for the Sharks going into this game is to eliminate mistakes. And the more I talk about all of this in terms of how the Sharks need to rank things in terms of importance, you can't really rank the importance because all of these things go hand in hand. I mean, yes, you do look at things and think you would have a wish list in any given game. But at the same time, if the Sharks want to win it's not that one is necessarily more valuable than the other. It's just a checklist of things they have to do. They've got to have a great day from Reimer. They've got to have a good start. They've got to keep the pace of the game as something more that they can keep up with. They've got to be physical. They've got to keep things to the outside. They've got to not give up those high-danger opportunities. They've got to focus on puck possession. I mean, you go down the list. We're not shocked at what it takes for the Sharks to play their style of game and have their style of win. It is a conservative approach that mostly focuses on on being defense first and mistake free. And if the sharks can do that, I truly believe they can beat anyone. And they do have some of the top end talent to compete with anybody not playing their style of game. We saw that yesterday against Florida. I'm just talking about what specifically gives you the greatest chance of winning, right? Like what gives you the best opportunity to walk away with a win when all is said and done. That's my paradigm. That's my viewpoint. It's not about looking at what needs to be done. I mean, yeah, you want to win the special teams battles. These things are all part of the overall game plan for the Sharks. And it has been nice to see the power play wake up a little bit, but you have to view these things as being all part of the design. They all have to work if you're going to beat a team like Carolina in their own house. In every game this year, we've known that the Sharks are going to have to earn it. We know that they're going to have to play a clean game. We know how hard it is going to be from one game to the next. And I think that's got to be the mentality is that, you know, don't let this game come to you. Go out and take it. While also doing that in your own way, something that is not overzealous, something that isn't going to burn you out. It's a it's a difficult balance. I, I readily acknowledge that, but that's part of what the sharks are this year. Nothing is easy. Nothing is you know being given to them or handed to them, and they have to work and fight and you know in the mud and the blood and the beer for every single point that they get. But again. I do look at them as being able to play with anybody. And I think we've seen that time and time again. And I think that if they play Tampa again, I don't think they're going to get blown out again. I think they're going to put up a good performance, just like they bounced back against Pittsburgh. And I expect them to bounce back against Tampa. And they already beat Carolina once this year. So we know what they're capable of. It's simply just a matter of whether or not that actually happens and whether or not the Sharks are able to do what they need to do to put themselves in that position. Because again... The one consistency with the Sharks has been the relative inconsistency, and that is a hallmark of a team that sits around 500, which is where the Sharks are right now. That's not to say they're a bad team by any means, they're just not a consistent team. They are not going to be something that you can reliably count on from one game to the next. That becomes that much more difficult, especially today, when you're on the second game of a back-to-back. So for the Sharks, it's pretty clear what they need to do today. More than anything, don't shoot yourselves in the foot. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of The Build-Up. I will be back with you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide as we look back at this game against the Hurricanes. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.
0: Episodes of this podcast can be listened to anytime on the Sharks and SAP Center app and are available for download under the Sharks Hockey Digest podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google.